I find it hard this year when we're not able to use the lab. I think just be careful, especially with seconders, about leaving lab work until later in the year with the hope that suddenly we'll get into a lab. Those skills can't be just shoved in in the last month or two before CBA. It's going to take a long time to get used to it. Welcome to JCT Science Snippets, a podcast from the Junior Cycle Talks channel. I am Bridget Corrigan, a science advisor with the JCT Support Service. You're standing there on top of the room and you're trying to do this against the backdrop of COVID-19. COVID-19 or coronavirus is here. By taking a few simple steps, wash your hands more often, avoid touching your eyes, nose and mouth and keep surfaces clean. I can see some of the kids grabbing their own personal hand sanitizer and you know for certain things and it, they're anxious and worried and you know it's like that just trying to work with them where they are. I was demonstrating an experiment and I asked one or two of them uh, to demonstrate it then to each side of the lab themselves you know and then I was thinking well they might be a wee bit nervous even about doing that. The sound bites you've just heard were captured during community of practice conversations where Irish science teachers were discussing how to develop the skills of investigating given the restrictions of the pandemic described in the HSE COVID-19 guidance advert, where additional sanitation measures now in place have impacted on how teachers can engage students with practical work in science. Let's hear more now from Margaret, Donal and Martina. I sent them home with um, Barakas today. So yeah, I'm looking at ideas for other bits and pieces of equipment to send, things to send home. They really enjoyed it and they took pictures and they were all uploaded that night and they were sending me messages. Did you see my litmus paper? I'm going to do physical observables with third years next week, so I'm looking for some ideas. Uh, I actually have there, Margaret, because I used uh, FET simulations with my third years. Now they're not allowed to have any phones on them inside North School. So I used FET simulations through a data projector with them and uh, it worked very well. They could see it and a lot of them downloaded FET simulations that night and it worked a treat with them. You know, I know we're trying to develop the skills and them, but I know that they went home and tried it themselves. Another thing that I did then this week was um, obviously some experiments you couldn't do at all. You couldn't send stuff home with them. So what I did was, I don't know, do you remember back when we were kids and you'd see a photograph of um, soccer player and the ball wouldn't be there and his leg would be in the air and you'd have to put an X where the oh, ball, spot the ball. Yeah. yeah so I did instead um, I'd pause them or I'd have a still what happens next and they all have to write a little paragraph on what they think happens next and then we'd show the rest of the show the rest of the video so just to get them engaged in the video and watching the rest of the video if it was a short video I just did that and actually that worked really well yeah, I've showed them a few YouTube videos on experiments as well, and it has, it has, they have got engaged in it, but a whole lot. Like, I feel sorry for second years at the moment, because I think second years are like first years, They're, they have regressed. Like, yeah, you know. I agree. I, I switched the scheme because I felt like trying to do chemistry, I find challenging in physics over the internet. I found the earth and space a little bit easier. There's a lot of um, resources out there and stuff but like I don't think I was hitting on their investigation skill well where they, they were communicating maybe or classifying stuff but you're that's very a very good idea Mar uh, Margaret sending home the stuff like yeah. I, I didn't think I didn't think of doing that because I was afraid something had happened or someone would break something and cut themselves no nothing so, happened they were all really engaged and excited and loads of great vid little videos and photographs and everything came in because I was the same but I'm just trying to find other safe things that I can think about that I can send home so we set up um, a little a folder 
on our shared space on and one on teams in our science department to come up with uh, reimagining uh, lab experiments for home. So mm. if anyone comes up with anything to put it in there. All of the teachers who shared in the community of practice have different contexts but all have described how they are changing their practice to ensure their students have some opportunity to develop investigation skills. While all of our teachers recognise that the situation is not ideal, enabling student learning is driving their practice. Let's hear next from Darren, Jenny, Colette and Michelle. So I suppose I don't have any lab access, but I suppose the good news is we're moving school before the midterm break so we'll have lab, lab access from that point and access hopefully to equipment because that's the, the other problem. So um, so students as you know are still at home working one day per week so doing electricity with third years and I got them to build circuits using the FET simulation so to investigate that. Um, I've done that before in a class situation where it's easy to support and that's so in terms of how I structured it differently remotely I'd have set challenges um, and that would have had an introductory screen grab of how to use it and then um, they were all online at, at, well not that they were all online, they were scheduled to be online at class time um, so would have had a quick chat with them, five minute chat before and to explain what was happening uh, and then I was available then through chat um, to answer any questions with the challenges and after a few minutes then I could post a screen grab of what a completed challenge might look like. So the challenges were simple enough. First of all, just to, to build the circuit. Uh, secondly, to check for the conductors and insulators. And then thirdly, to try and, I suppose this is all the tricky, tricky one, is the parallel and series circuits to see can they build those. Um, so yeah, it was uh, challenging um, because of the remote situation. Um, but the students were back and forth in the group chat as well themselves for questions and looking and helping each other out that way as well as contacting me um, so my context we have um, a shared practical room there's a number of subjects being taught from it um, we're lucky enough that we can have you know social distancing so I'm able to do practical work however I am asking the students to um, maybe one person do it and the other person is more the instructor or a timekeeper and so they sanitize it and we put away and I'm even trying to um, leave it for a couple of days so I'm trying to take all the precautions possible uh, to carry out practicals but I'm also um, getting them to try things at home as well so I'm trying to do a bit of a mix. Um, I, I have my own lab and um, I share it with another teacher as well. I only do experiments when it's safe to do so. Um, example with my first year's measurement, um, I could do the opisometer experiment because they had one each, and the vernier calipers one, they had one each. Uh, seniors, in my smaller classes, but uh, the juniors, you have 24, you know. And I've tried um, them asking them to do sort of the flip classroom, do an experiment from home, but it's not, hasn't been very successful. Only a few of them are doing it, so I'd rather be doing them in the classroom. So I suppose, you know, when we're doing the experiments um, and taking those precautions, they're still able to, you know, gather data and um, record it. Um, I'm looking at the features of an investigation poster, you know, and so um, when they're being asked to form a hypothesis, um, I think that that's still possible. Um, obviously with first years, we're, I'm mostly introducing the idea of variables and we've been in particular talking about 
uh, precision and accuracy and how you go about achieving that. So, um, so far it has been working. We haven't kind of gotten through the communication yet in terms of investigations. So we're kind of early on. Yeah, they can still record their data as well and then present the data so um, and describe the method that they used. You know, if they do it at home, they're still able to do that. Um, if some of them, even if three or four out of the class did it, which what ha what happened to me, um, I could still show that to the rest of them, that video, and we could still discuss it. Um, there was communication. Then we took the data from one of the results and we presented it then and used that as our set of results as well. So we could still we could still investigate, do investigation and communication and then draw conclusions together as well. It's just, I suppose when we're doing these experiments rather than demonstrating it and just discussing it, they will retain it better if they actually carry out the experiment themselves. I find that they're in their base room and by the time they get into the lab, they're actually just so happy and excited to be in the lab. And I know it's definitely not as good as them doing it themselves. But I think through the demo, because they had remote learning and they've had to do it at home, that when you're actually guiding them through the demo and focusing on that, I think, well, I feel personally that they're a lot more attentive. And that could be because of the context where they are now, they're at their base room most of the day. And Some of our teachers find that the reduced access to the lab is changing their emphasis from data gathering to data presentation and analysis. Yeah, so we recorded the data together and we were able then to look and see about, like we spent a lot of time then doing the graphs and analysing it and making sure that we were kind of communicating what was happening, looking at the trend. I suppose more of my time when I was doing this was spent actually analysing the data rather than gathering it. Whereas if it was before, I could spend maybe three classes gathering the data because I remember doing this before with them. And I actually, a lot of them didn't do it maybe three times or maybe a lot of them only just looked at one. We were looking at uh, representing data appropriately and recording data. So they were the features that were in focus this week. And so it was just a really simple little experiment that we were working on measuring mass, getting used to using a mass balance. We were looking at the um, law of conservation of mass. So they were adding sugar to water. It was surprising actually how many of them, there was a variety of answers of what they thought would happen when they added the sugar to water. Um, but anyway, so they carried out the experiment and we looked at them, the variety of ways that they could represent the data. I'd asked them before they started it to think about what data they would collect and how they might represent it. And then as they collected it, I said, if, if you want to change your mind, if it's not working out, go ahead. Um, and then at the end, we kind of gathered our thoughts and I used Excel. I just kind of thought it'd be nice if, if I bang in some of the numbers that they got and we used the convert to a chart function just so that they could look at different options and see were any of these appropriate ways to represent the data. So it was just nice from the point of view of the main able to say, you know, the pie chart wasn't going to be appropriate because it didn't look right. And it's really better if it's, you know, representing the whole class of something and then each segment represents an option. So we discussed pie charts, line graphs, bar charts, um, scatter plots, those kind of things. Um, so it seemed to land well with them. They seemed to get why some were more appropriate than others. While not suitable for all investigations, 
some of our teachers are enabling their students to collect data at home. I've also sent home the vitamin C tablets to look at surface area where they did the full tablet, the half tablet or crushed it up and they put videos of them doing it up onto Teams. experiment I did last week in the lab and this week is going to be at home so it's one of the first experiments I always get them to do and it's um, the whole idea of introducing variables so it's links in with my, that unit about what happens when you heat something and um, it's the first and it's where I first introduced the idea of a method and a conclusion you know like a little small lab report and the idea of variables I asked them all to basically um, get some ice and to melt it they have to make the ice first so to do something to the ice. Some of them put salt in, they put sugar in, they might put drinking chocolate in. Last year I had some put fruit in, they made they ice with berries and strawberries in them. Um, big ice, small ice, circular ice, square ice, any uh, square ice, just anything they can think of that would change the ice in some way and then to compare it to a regular ice and to see what effect, what will affect the uh, time it takes to melt ice. And we kind of bring all the results together. And like some things do, some things don't, but we don't, the learning is we kind of go, straight away out of them doing it they're immediately going well I can't compare that one to that one because it's bigger or I can't compare that one to that one it's not fair because that one is you know and immediately they get the concept of fair testing without you ever having to like because when they're melting it they're melting it in evaporating dishes over beakers of water and I purposely pour in more water into one beaker than another and they'll stop me and go no no you need to have the same amount of water in both of them or I pour it out of a freshly boiled kettle or a not freshly boiled kettle and I purposely make all these mistakes now that's once in the classroom so we'll go and see now how it works when doing it at home but it's, it's where I bring in the idea of variables for testing and then they have to kind of first write the first few steps of a little method. You might remember earlier on in this podcast, Kellett spoke about how the flipped classroom approach was not successful for her. Having discussed the issue at the Community of Practice, she decided to give it another go. Um, I decided to try the idea again and approach it differently this week. So uh, this is the flipped classroom idea that Aideen had mentioned in the first week. So um, I handed out this experiment sheet, how does the temperature affect the solubility of sugar? So it's to do a course, um, Chemical World 6. And we began to discuss uh, what, the, what they would think the hypothesis would be and also the independent, dependent control variables would be. So that's your nature of science uh, to cover there. And uh, we also discussed ways it could be kept a fair test and what safety precautions there could be and because it was going to be at home. So we added like, how is this going to be different at home as well? So the procedure I actually outlined for them on the sheet to give them a wee bit of a um, helping hand um, at home because I didn't want uh, to be met with loads and loads of excuses. So this time I asked them for a show of hands and um, we went through this here and was there anybody in the class who mightn't have some of the equipment here? And believe it or not, three of the students actually still don't have thermometers in their houses. So we discussed how we could alleviate this problem. And one of the other students indicated, well, then if we're using a half cup of water, couldn't they maybe add in more hot water than cold water and all that? And they brought in the whole idea then of giving estimates for temperature. So that was good enough. We, we, we went ahead with that. And um, 19 of the students out of the 24, uh, 24 actually completed it this time. Um, and out of that 19, 17 of them ticked the box that they felt they understood the experiment um, at home as well. Um, two, two of them said they'd like to go through. They didn't plot the graph. 
properly. So I took note that we'll have to spend more time um, doing graphing and that. Um, I thought that uh, some of the students who often take over in the lab when doing experiments, this will help the other students maybe to become more confident in doing the experiments. And through the class discussion, I could see that they actually had learned from the experience. Um, but this will further be assessed, of course, when they have a test on this section. So I was happy with how it went. Many other ideas were discussed and shared in the community of practice meetings held with Irish science teachers as they work to continue to enable science learning and skill development to promote developing their students as scientists. A big thanks again to all the science teachers who contributed to this podcast. If you are enjoying our podcast series, join us for the next episode on capturing student learning and effective feedback in the pandemic classroom. Details of our podcast series are available on jct.ie and our Twitter handle. The music for our podcast series is the single called Bloom by the Australian musician and producer Richard Lebrui, who very kindly gave us his permission to use. Finally, thank you for listening. <laughs>